My mother ruins an anti-vaxxer Karen and her cronies. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. Here's the background. The subject of this story is my mother. For the sake of this story, I'll call her Amber. She's in her late 70s and works for a woman's clothing store, which caters specifically to older clientele. She's been working for this particular company for some 20 years now. The manager of the store is the absolute epitome of a Karen. So let's call her Karen. Extremely intelligent titled, short-haired, chubby, cheats on her husband, and a blatant backstabber. Because the store is staffed by mostly older women, cliques tend to form. It's basically high school. Yes, older women can be petty. And naturally, Karen has her own cronies. During periods where no one else is in the store, there also tends to be a ton of gossip. This is important for later. The assistant manager, let's call her Jackie, is also one of Karen's lackeys. And she has her head way up Karen's butt. If Karen does something, then Jackie isn't far behind, except Amber, my mom, is a bit of a ball buster and she has zero tolerance for garbage in her personal life. Over the years, she has tried to stay impartial when it comes to her work, however, because to her, it's all about professionalism. She also has empathy, which is something that seems to be in short supply with these other women. It also helps that she's been the top seller in her district for some 10 years running, despite working part-time. Karen and Jackie absolutely hate her for it. So much so that Karen routinely schedules her for hours which are not very good. Despite this though, Amber still has her loyal clientele and she always comes out on top against the other sales associates in total sales almost every quarter. As expected, this naturally feeds the horrible feedback loop with Karen and Jackie. When COVID hit, the company decided to cut all commission sales for sales associates. The commission was one of the main reasons why Amber endured Karen and Jackie's nonsense. While she only made slightly above the state's minimum wage, with the commission, she could double or even triple that on a good day. According to her, no other retailer in the area offers this kind of system, and it's pretty unlikely that the company will reinstate it even after COVID ends. Along with the cut in wages, the store was also forced to decrease the amount of hours they could offer to their associates. Karen took this as a way to essentially bar Amber from working at the store. While the other associates were getting 8 to 10 hours a week, Amber would maybe see 6 hours a week if she was lucky, and they would be during times of low customer traffic. Karen could get away with this because the district manager is also in her pocket. Along with the reduced hours and the removal of commissions, the store naturally had a mandatory mask policy for all the employees and customers. Karen and her lackeys would often complain and moan about how unnecessary this was because according to them, COVID is a hoax and wearing masks makes you subservient to the government. There were a few incidents where Karen would let people without masks into the store despite the state and company mandates. Amber refused to rock the boat, however. So when this would happen, she would go into the back of the store and stay as far away from these people as possible. During this period in time, a friend of the family and good friend of Amber's passed away due to complications from COVID. The funeral was set for a time when Amber was scheduled to work, so she called out that day. Karen and Jackie attacked Amber and the deceased, claiming that, quote, she must have caught the flu or been in bad health, and that Amber was, quote, feeding into the lie. Oh, how nice it must be to live such a privileged life. Not long after, we heard about loyal clients that had also passed away from COVID. And still, Karen and Jackie, along with their groupies, maintain their narrative in the most vindictive way possible. Every time someone died, it must have been because of bad life choices or bad health. Never was it attributed to the global pandemic that was claiming thousands of people a day, according to Karen and her cronies. And always, when Amber decided to go to the services or support the deceased in any way, she 
she would hear snide remarks regarding how she was, quote, supporting a hoax. I guess sympathy is not really a thing for these people. Some of these customers were regulars who had been coming to that particular store for years, and still, none of the cronies would relent on these points. Recently, the COVID restrictions have started to lift, and many of the clientele employees have gotten their vaccines. This includes submitting paperwork to show that you have indeed obtained a vaccine or a note from a doctor explaining why you couldn't have one. Not Karen or Jackie, though. To them, getting the vaccine would be like pumping poison into their veins. Instead, they decided to use fake COVID white cards with their information, effectively forging the documents. Amber, however, has suggested multiple times that they just get the vaccines because it is something that is mandated by the company. All employees must get vaccines when they are available, and given that almost all of the employees are above the age of 60, they have been eligible for shots for months now. Recently, Amber had an emotional conversation directly with Karen where she expressed her concern for her, saying, I just want you and your family to be safe, so please get the vaccine. Karen responded with her normal snide attitude, of course. A few days later, however, Karen sent a text message mentioning that she had finally got the vaccine. She didn't. Amber replied that that was great and she was happy for her. Karen replied with a gif of some guy throwing up the middle finger. This was the beginning of the end for Amber. The incident. During one of her shifts, Amber overheard Karen and Jackie discussing how Amber was a moron and a sheep who bought the story about how Karen had taken the vaccine. During that same shift, Amber was working with a customer in the back and some woman came into the store and stole a couple of items of clothing, probably totaling out to be about $100 at most. Now, it's company policy there during all shifts. There always be at least two employees in the store and during this particular stretch of time, Jackie was the only other person in the store. According to the video cameras, Jackie was up in the front of the store playing with her phone when this woman came in. Normally, if someone steals items from the store, the protocol is to avoid confronting them and instead just call security after they've left the store. This is mainly to avoid lawsuits and to protect the employees should these people choose to get violence as it has happened in the past. This evening, Amber received a call from Karen telling her that she was on probation pending an investigation for allowing this woman to steal from the store. Given the company's policy regarding theft, this really made no sense. It was at this point that Amber truly decided that she had had enough. Eventually, this probation led to Amber's dismissal and the official reasoning was fairly vague. The revenge. One thing that I forgot to mention was a few years ago, Amber asked me to teach her how to record things on her phone. And luckily, we live in a single consent state. As such, Amber had recordings of these women backstabbing her and gossiping about rather scandalous things dating back for years. She had gathered quite the collection because, quote, you never know when you're going to need to cover your own butt. Over the years, Amber has gone to HR, human resources, to no real avail, even with her recordings. Whether it be because they are also in the pocket of Karen or they just don't care remains to be seen. The HR department works directly under the district manager. Amber is also very good at keeping any paperwork and proof of these visits, including some recordings. She has also recorded the call where she was fired. Amber has a ton of very loyal clients who were particularly distraught when they learned of her dismissal. One client in particular runs a column in a major newspaper for the nearby city. We will call her Casey. Since Amber was a part-time worker, she didn't really have much of a leg to stand on legally when it came to claiming a wrongful dismissal claim by legal means. However, that didn't mean that she didn't have any kind of recourse. She decided to attack the problem from multiple fronts. Amber compiled some of the greatest hits from her recordings collections and had me email them off to the corporate offices of the company, specifically the CEO, the CTO, and basically every member of the board of directors. I fired a couple of bursts off to anyone who had 
any power that I could find. Along with those recordings, she wrote an email about how Karen, Jackie, and their group of sheep all refused to get vaccines and had falsified their vaccine documents to pass the company standards. Casey then put Amber in touch with a columnist for the newspaper and they got copies of the recordings, the text messages, and the dismissal phone call. They also did an interview, which was for an article and a TV slot on the local news. Amber discussed the commission cuts, clear favoritism, any lack of intervention by HR, forged documents, company policy, the incident, etc. Basically anything relevant to paint these women in a terrible light. Among some of these recordings were bits of gossip that included conversations regarding Karen's various boyfriends over the years. She was married. And Amber also wrote an anonymous email to the husband that included some of these recordings. The fallout. It all hit the fan pretty fast as you could probably imagine. Karen, Jackie, the district manager, and a couple of the groupies were immediately fired and put under investigation for forging documents. While forging a vaccine card isn't really something too serious, it could lead to some pretty hefty fines. There is no specific law against forging the vaccine white cards. However, because the white cards contain the government seal, well, you can imagine how illegal that might be. Let's just say the FBI has stepped in on this one because one of the recordings featured Karen admitting to using forged cards. After the article and TV slot ran on the local news, the CEO reached out to Amber and formally apologized for the behavior of HR, the district manager, Karen and Jackie. She even went so far as to offer Amber a raise, but Amber actually declined it because she found a job that actually paid a fair wage and let her work on her own time. The real downside of it for the CEO and the board was the fact that their employees were breaking the company policy for a store that exclusively catered to older women regarding a virus that tends to kill older people. They caught some heavy public backlash for this. Karen's husband seemed to have separated from her after finding out about her infidelity. Whether or not this will lead to a divorce remains to be seen. The best part for Amber was many of her clients started coming to her new store and again, she's kicking butt as one of the best sales associates. So was she the jerk for going all out and using these recordings for pro revenge? This was a very long play on the part of Amber. The fact that she was recording these co-workers for years and years because it's a single consent state means she was obviously very uncomfortable working there for the last decade with all this infighting. Both sides of this really lose out. One side is Amber's side, which is where you have to kind of live in a constant state of paranoia, always recording everything just in case you have to use it to save yourself. And the other side is Karen and Jackie, where they're being recorded without knowing that they're being recorded, which of course nobody wants. A lot of people seem to think that the store that they're referring to is a place called Chico's. I actually don't know what that is, but if you guys know what Chico's is, let me know. And one of the top comments said that this is a turbo Karen. All people like this deserve to have their lives ruined. Good on your mom for cleaning up this turd from the community. I don't often see people use the term turbo Karen, but I guess if it's an organized, prolonged year after year Karen that you have to deal with, maybe turbo Karen is the best term. And when it comes to the FBI, someone asked, I'm not American, so I'm confused. Does the FBI investigate false COVID cards? And one of the top responses to that was because they contain a government seal, it elevates the investigation to the federal level, which means the FBI gets involved. There's actually an NPR article about this that says fake vaccine cards not only have a negative impact on public health, the FBI said, but they're against the law. Unauthorized use of an official government agency's seal can be punished with a fine of up to five years in prison. So in this situation, I'm glad to hear that Amber was able to land on her feet and Karen not only did damage to the lives of her co-workers, but probably left her husband devastated because of all the infidelity that was proven through these recordings. But if you were in this situation, let me know how you would have handled it. Do you think that going the way that Amber did was going way too far by exposing it all at the same 
same time or do you think it was just right? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for going nuclear over a pen? So this is stupid, but I swear I'm telling the truth. I have receipts if you need them. For context, we have a pretty lax work environment in my job and I love my coworkers. I value their opinions and I have no problems with accommodating them at all. I have a weird complex about hurting people's feelings and this has bothered me way more than it should. When I first started my job around a year and a half ago, I would keep my pens in my lab coat and they would disappear constantly. I'd argue that that's what I get for leaving my pens out, but I also think it's appropriate to want to keep my pen throughout my shift at least. I was joking with one of my co-workers and labeled one of my pens to say, eat poop pen stealer, and we laughed to find out that it was our center manager who thought it was hilarious. I've kept my pen in my scrubs ever since then and I haven't lost it to anyone yet, but now I let my friend borrow it for her nighttime shift and she left it in a drawer to return to me when I came to work in the morning. I was supposed to work the next day, but our sensor closed for bad weather until Friday and I was off this weekend. One of my co-workers found my pen and scratched off the label this weekend and I was really concerned because I didn't know she had been upset by it. So I talked to her today and she told me that my pen was unprofessional and that nobody gets to have their own pens. She said if she saw any of my pens, she was going to take them and take their labels off. I told her I didn't mind censoring or even getting rid of them if she had just told me. I don't mind it if it really bothers her, but she was not budging on messing up my pens. Now I'm pissed off. And in a moment of rage, I went to the bathroom and I ordered 300 customized pens that say, you suck pen stealer. And we live in a society. My thought is I can give them to whoever wants one. And if she wants to take them all, she'll have to get some acetone and an assembly line to make a dent in this plague I'm about to infect our sensor with. I think that I let the anger get the best of me. Am I the jerk for raging about my pen? Would I be the jerk for going through with my evil plan? So the OP, the original poster here, offered to concede and say, hey, if it bothers you, I'll totally stop. But this person didn't want to hear that. So there was a resolution on the table, a way to resolve all of this, but it doesn't sound like this other person was open to that. One of the top responses says, nobody gets their own pens isn't a thing. You paid for it and clearly labeled it. This is theft. You should ideally not use foul language in a business setting, but this doesn't seem to be the cause of any upset so far. I support your plan to order customized pens. The thieves should be shamed. Pens aren't cheap, especially the good kind. I kind of feel like she just wants an excuse to take your pens. It's unprofessional, fine, but it wouldn't matter if she didn't touch your stuff because she wouldn't even know. So if the OP actually goes through with this plan and orders 300 pens that have this writing on the side of them, it'll probably upset this person for a while, but I think everyone's going to get used to seeing those pens and kind of get desensitized to it and not even read the pens after a certain point. Then years in the future, you're probably going to still have these 300 pens floating around and people will forget the origin story of why do we have so many pens that say this on there. So let me know if you think the OP was going too far about this whole pen situation. How would you handle it and jerk or not a jerk and why? Am I the jerk for providing scones for a work function when I made some with cream first, then jam and others I made with jam first and then cream. I made scones for work yesterday. Prior to bringing the above, I had discussions with several people who forcefully explained the correct way to serve scones. Some said that the only correct way was jam first and then cream. Others argued cream then jam. To keep everyone happy, I did two separate plates. Both positions were covered. That should prevent arguments, right? Nope. Now all the scone eaters hate me because I'm a fence sitter and I'm not prepared to defend my preferred scone serving method to the death. The atmosphere in the office was chilly after yesterday's argument and it seems to be splitting into factions based on scone preference. Neither faction is working with the other and everyone is ignoring me. Prior to this, our workplace was harmonious. My boss said it was my fault 
And if I just pick a position on the scones, then none of this would have ever happened. So am I the jerk in this situation? I didn't realize people have such strong opinions on how to eat their scones or even how to say the word scone versus scone. Some people think that the first way is the only reasonable way to do it and others think that the second is the only one that makes sense. There was actually somebody that said, I'd think this was stupid, but I had this exact same debate with my business partner a few months ago. I pointed out that the queen herself reportedly eats scones jam first and he dared suggest her majesty is plain wrong. The OP should obviously just not make these anymore for the office, but if they continue to do so and choose a side, then everyone else on the other side should just make a spite store and sell scones made the opposite way and just make it right next door. Or if they're in the office, just have them on opposing sides. So who is in the right, who is in the wrong, and jerk or not a jerk, and why? Am I the jerk for asking my boyfriend to stop emulating Winnie the Pooh? I'm a 24-year-old female and my boyfriend is 25. This conflict came up recently because I moved in with my boyfriend. The issue is, is that he has started walking around the apartment and spending most of his days completely bottomless. Just nothing on, only wearing his shirt. He calls this Winnie the Poohing. He told me he started it during work from home because he thought it would be funny to be on Zoom and not have his pants. I'll be honest, it makes me a little uncomfortable for him to just constantly be exposed downstairs in front of me, so I have requested that he at least wears boxers. He thinks I'm being too controlling and that I should appreciate his body. However, it feels kind of unsanitary and weirdly dangerous. He was cooking with oil earlier and a drop of oil spat out of the pan and landed on him. So, am I the jerk for asking my boyfriend to stop emulating Winnie the Pooh? This situation is strange. But I mean, it sounds like he was already doing that before and that's how he wants to live his life. So, that's one thing if he's on his own. But when he has somebody living there, she's trying to explain to him that it makes her feel uncomfortable. But it doesn't really seem like he cares at all. A lot of people were asking whether or not she was paying rent, I guess to imply if she's not paying rent, then it doesn't matter. She can't say anything. But she still can say that it makes her feel uncomfortable regardless if she's paying rent or not. It's just up to the boyfriend to listen and stop doing it or ignore her. The term that he uses, Winnie the Pooing, is pretty clever, but I get what she means when she says it could be unsanitary because he's just sitting on everything totally exposed. I guess it depends on the guy's hygiene to begin with. So if you were in this situation and you were not a fan of Winnie the Pooing, what would you do and jerk or not a jerk and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.